Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. This morning we'll begin with a brief devotional thought based on Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Um, in our weekend services, we are focusing in on uh, the doctrine of vocation, which speaks to us about the many different callings we have in life and how we are to act as God's children. Um, I mentioned in the weekend service that uh, uh, one author said uh, that through the doctrine of vocation, we are acting as masks of God. So it's almost like we are putting God's mask on and parading around as God would have us act. And that's exactly what we do when we um, follow the commands of God and we live as the way we ought to live. Um, when we take the mask of God off and we live the way that we want to live, um, that's obviously not fulfilling our callings, our vocations that God has given to us. And so we all have many vocations, and here in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, we see quite a number of those different vocations. So a uh, little bit of a longer section, but we'll uh, dive into a number of vocations, and these all, uh, many of these apply to, to uh, many of us. So we'll read. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters, do the same thing to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven. And there is no partiality with him. So this section kind of deals with uh, both the vocations that we have in the home and then also vocations that we might have in the workplace. First of all, he speaks to children, telling them to obey their parents. And then he speaks to parents, reminding them of their responsibility as well to uh, not provoke their children, but to bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Um, maybe you are a parent or maybe not, but you certainly are a child. <laughs> we, all of us have been uh, given uh, parents. So all of us have those who are set over us. Um, we know that all those in authority, all authority has been given by God. Um, and here God gives us, reminds us of that fourth commandment, which is the commandment that comes with the promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So maybe I'll just start with that question for you, Pastor, is, is the promise here that if you keep this commandment, you will have a long, long life here on this earth? And if, if, uh, if so, how come there's many who don't live long lives and seem to be pretty obedient to their parents? Yeah, that's a super good question. I think the main thing is that the life on earth is it's a blessed life for however long it is. I think it's a general truth that it's going to be well with you as you live on this earth. So think of it this way, or the way I think of it is that if you are obedient to the government, if like Romans 13 talks about, if you are honoring police officers and so forth, you don't have to worry about going to jail or getting in trouble. You're going to have a, a blessed, peaceful life. If you are obedient to your parents, your life is going to be blessed. You're going to be at peace with them because you're going to have a good relationship. They're not going to be disciplining or chasing you all the time. And so in this sense, that, that long life on earth, I think if you go back to the original language, it helps to understand that that long life isn't always like you're going to live to be 90 because you're obedient to your parents. The life that you are given is blessed because it's more at peace than the hostility between parents. And that leads really well into the next section with the workplace too. With uh, I've had some pretty awful um, bosses. Oh, do share. 
Uh, I worked on a golf course for a while. I had a boss that I would say was kind of tough, not very kind, but he did teach me to be a little bit more of a perfectionist, a, a private golf course. So mm. it wasn't very much fun working on the grounds crew, but uh, he was he was good in the sense he was detailed. But again, if I honored him and showed a little more respect, I probably would have probably would have gone a lot better. Mm. Okay. Uh, so maybe stepping back just a minute to go back to the, the father-child yeah. uh, relationship before we dive into that uh, more workplace. of the workplace thing. Um, the, the responsibility of children then is to obey their parents. Um, and maybe we should talk about the motivation of why. So why should we obey our parents? Why should we raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Um, I think a lot of times with children, it, the, the thought is we do this or else you get in trouble. Or you do this or else you are going to be punished or there's going to be consequences. Um, but for children, one of the main things we're trying to help teach them is not just to do the right thing, but to do the right thing for the right reason. And this is, you know, this is really important in this doctrine of vocation as to how we're interacting with, with our children is, is to show them that um, they aren't just to obey your parents because of threat of penalty, but you obey your parents because this is what the Lord has called you to do. And that's exactly uh, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Right, so it's not just do it or else. This is the right thing to do: is to is to be uh, obedient and to honor your parents. And we always need to make sure we throw the caveat in there: we have to obey God rather than man. Right, so we obey God first. Um, but but God did put parents in charge of children, so they are to obey their parents. But how does maybe talk to that? How does that relationship change as maybe we get older? Because we need to make sure. Remember, as I'm an, I'm still a child. Um, do I need to obey my father um, the same way that I maybe did when I was younger? Well, that's a super good question. <laughs> well, when I think Genesis, when Adam and Eve, when the Lord says to Adam and Eve, you know, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. He's not only presenting the marriage relationship, he's presenting the new family relationship. So, yeah, you still want to be respectful of your parents. You still want to look to them for wisdom. I think a proverb will talk about that too. But you're not, you have your own household now. Mm-hmm. So, there's a different relationship there. I think you made a really good point early on. Maybe you could. I'd like to hear you talk a little bit more about this when you talk about explanation to children about you say do this, but kind of the explanation why, so they understand. Mm-hmm. And I think the Lord helps us with that a little bit because He says, "Here I'm addressing parents, or I'm addressing children," but He's going to say, "Do this." He explains why it's important in that mm-hmm. sense, but. Um, I kind of like to have you expand on that a little bit more too. Well, I think that's the idea in verse four. It says, "Do not provoke your children to wrath." So don't just lay the law down, because if you just lay law down, the only reaction to that, from a child's perspective, is eventually is going to be anger and rebuke towards. Well, why? You know, why am I doing this? You know, if it's just the law for the law's sake, um, it, you either end up you either end up in complete despair because you keep breaking the law, or you end up as a hypocrite where you think you're keeping the law. Um, even though you're not perfectly doing that. So it's bringing them up in the training and admonition of the Lord is showing them, well, here's here's what, uh, uh, here's the way that the, the Lord wants you to be motivated. Here's how we do the things God wants us to do, not just because, again, not just because we have to do them, but because this is the right thing to do as God has called us to do. And that's what, as parents, we're called to do is to train our children in what is right. And and kind of what I was speaking before, you know, honoring your father and mother, that that idea of honoring changes as we age, you know, and I think that's kind of what you spoke to there is, you know, as a little child, that means, that means obeying your parents all the time. Um, I, when I tell my kids, you don't go out on the street, you know, that's the rule. You do not go out on the street. Um, as they get older, as parents, we, we help them to, uh, 
move into adulthood, you know, to leave, as you say, leave your father and mother um, and be joined to your wife, which of course in, in involves the marriage thing too, but helping them to realize, you know, that, that to get into the next stage of life. Now that doesn't mean you ever stop honoring your parents. You should always honor your parents, always uh, uh, encourage them and do, uh, uh, well, I guess I would say, um, listen to them and consider the advice that they give you, but know that, uh, that you are still an adult and you still have your own decisions to make. Now, as parents, we need to make sure that we're striving towards helping our children to be independent, to make their own decisions on their own, and to be able to function outside of the relationship that you have with them. Because that's, and that's sometimes one of the hardest things to do is to let your children go free. Because sometimes you, you have to let them go or else they're never going to be able to uh, function as adults and as uh, members of the society in which we live. And so it's, an, it's a really important balance, this, this parent relationship, parent-child relationship. And doing it right is very challenging. And, you know, I'm in the right in the middle of the young age and your kids are all older than mine. And so it's something that we can all continue to encourage each other and help each other and show each other and learn from each other as we go through it. Well, I think I like that point, too, because I need advice for the kids, the age my children are at. You need advice. We all need advice because mm-hmm. we all run into different things. And the one thing I think that the ditch is once they do become adults, which our kids aren't, neither of our kids are quite there yet, obviously. So it's like how do you behave towards them then? I think ultimately, I think the worst thing, you've heard this too, when parents say, well, they're grown adults, they're going to make their own decisions. And what that sounds like the person is saying when I've heard them say that is, well, I'm not going to give them advice. I'm not going to interject. I'm not going to tell them what I think because mm-hmm. I, they're going to make their own, like for fear that the relationship's going to be damaged. So I always like to remind people that you're never done being a parent. You should always give the advice, especially good godly advice, yeah. and not, not shy away from doing that. They, like you said, they can take it or leave it, but if you don't give it, yeah, and you hope that they would ask for it, but you should still give it. You should still encourage them. Like for example, going to church. I hear that all the time. Parents say, "Well, I'm not. They're they're they're, they're old enough to make their own decisions." No, you're still their parent. You need to guide them and help them along the way. Absolutely, and so, you know, even hear parents say that about their high school kids or even younger. Is well, I don't want to push them one way. I want, I want them to find their own way, or you know, and and that's not what this text says. Tra- bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's what we are called to do. And, uh, you know, when they're little, you tell them you stay off the street and you tell them we're going to church, <laughs> you know. Right. And eventually that needs to turn into, you know, you really need to make uh, church a, a spiritual priority for yourself. You need to make your relationship with God a priority in your life. And that turns into advice eventually. And, yes, eventually they need to get to a point where they do make their own decisions, but uh, emphasizing them how important it is to you. And that's one of the important aspects, too, is saying, well, uh, uh leading by example yeah if you show your if you show your kids what is important to you they will see what is important and you see the you know some the statistics bear this out you know i was reading one poll recently and they talked about how um, having a father in the home who not only goes to services but participates in the services is the number one contributing factor towards the next generation of of children who are uh, uh, active participants in a church so having a father who participates in the church service is the, the number one contributing factor towards kids who participate in the next generation and stay in the church. Um, not that mothers aren't important, not that, you know, uh, other, other factors don't matter. And I'm just painting with a broad brush here. This is just a, you know, it's a, it's a fact, it's a statistic. Um, but it is worth thinking about as fathers, are we coming to church? Are we leading? Are we participating? Are we showing our kids that this is important to us? Because if we do that, we show them, uh, our priorities and then we show this is, should be a priority for you too. Um, in your spiritual life going forward. I think number two might be, I mean, don't quote me on this, but it might be don't either 
father or mother not showing hypocrisy. Like in other words, we're going to go to church. That's 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 obviously number one. Like you said, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. But it's like if I say I'm going to church, but then I live kind of opposite of that, the kids are going to pick up on that also. Yeah. Kids can smell hypocrisy from a mile away. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, we should talk a little bit about uh, second half. second half. Yeah, the bond servants and the. We could pick yeah. that up next week, too, if you want it. Yeah, maybe let's just do that because we're pretty far into the podcast here already. Yeah. So why don't we pray? Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank and bless you uh, for the many relationships you've blessed us with as we've talked about the relationship between parents and children today. We pray that you would continue to teach all of us through your holy word how we are to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, how we should uh, share the great teachings of the Bible, the law and gospel with them. And Lord, we pray that you would teach us to do so appropriately, uh, rightly dividing your word of truth. And so bless all of the parents out there and all the children as well, that we may continue to uh, grow in our relationships with each other, but most of all, grow in our relationship with you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in your saving name. Amen. Uh, our midweek Bible class continues this evening. We're continuing on in First John. I uh, hope you can join us for that. A um, couple of uh, upcoming uh, things that we need to bring to your attention. The uh, Maker Fair uh, is going to happen on October 8th up in St. Peter. Um, we're looking for more volunteers, so please, if you have the chance, uh, either sign up in the entryway or you can get hold of one of the pastors or the secretary in order to let them know you can willing to help for that. But we're got a, looking to get a booth and have some volunteers to kind of share with the community up there uh, who we are here at Emmanuel. Uh, Mission Festival is that same weekend. Uh, Pastor Radical is organizing that. Uh, you want to talk about who's coming and what the plan is? Yeah, Pastor Mark Bernthal, Lord willing, will be able to come that weekend. And we're going to have our normal schedule, so Saturday night 6, Sunday morning 10 services, and then Bible study at 7 Saturday night, Sunday morning at 9 a.m., and those have Sunday schools as well. So the hope is that we'll treat it like a normal Bible class, but we'll have some snacks. We'll try to have a little bit more, uh, maybe a little bit of fellowship time in there as well. But we're starting to continue on in our study of Romans with Pastor Bernthal, Lord willing, and uh, he'll have his own things to bring to the table as far as that discussion goes. And uh, yeah, we look forward to that opportunity to have fellowship with him and hear the, the gospel and mission encouragement that he'll bring for that weekend. So we hope that you can join us. So if you're coming to the Bible study, please just bring some uh, breakfast snacks or some, some snacks to share so we have a little bit of light, light refreshments during that time. So uh, that's, that's our hope. Hope you can make it. Excellent. Um, coming up later in October, uh, we are hosting an outdoor adventure day. I don't remember any of the details on that. I just put it down. Well, that's that Seven where... Mile Creek. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's outdoor. Uh, our secretary, Mrs. Lean, is planning that. She's getting more volunteers. And if you like that volunteer more, I'm sure she's got stuff for you to do. So please check that out. But that's just lots of outside games. You know, there's there's like uh, hot apple cider and so forth there. There's a lot of great stuff. And, you know, we've played, we played volleyball in the past. We've played badminton. We've gone for little hikes. Just a really great time. And obviously, it's beautiful time of the year, fall colors, great time to be outside. I think we started a fire last year, too. So just to, you know, come for an hour if you want. Come for a few minutes. I think I had to leave early last year. I kind of was, was bummed because I was having such a good time or whenever we did it. I think it was last year. But, um, yeah, it's super fun bringing your whole family. Great park to do that. Excellent. Good chance for fellowship activity yeah. uh, with your Emmanuel family. Um, the next week, uh, Thursday, October 27th, we are hosting a trunk or treat um, you can find more information on that on the bulletin as well. Uh, a chance for kids to dress up and uh, have spend some time with their Emmanuel family as well. Why do we do that on Thursday again? Uh, Friday is Cal. Okay. So all the high schoolers are going to be out, so they want to do it when there's a chance for the high schoolers to, to do there too. 
Um, Reformation service. Uh, we uh, Reformation weekend. It's October 29th and 30th. We're hosting a special Minnesota conference Reformation service um, that afternoon at four o'clock, I believe. Um, and we're going to have a potluck following. So uh, check the bulletin again for announcements on that as to how you can help with that. We're in need of volunteers to set up tables and set up everything that needs to happen and all the plates and chairs and clean up and all that stuff too. So um, we're going to need help help doing all that. So I hope you can volunteer in some way for that. As far as that actual service goes, it's kind of neat because the hope is to have some of the pastors, you don't get to hear preach very often, do little devotionals during the service. So it's a great time to come and get to know some of those guys a little bit more and obviously visit with them at the potluck afterwards. And then finally, uh, coming up in November, the 12th and 13th, we are going to be having a special service during our regular worship service over the weekend. Um, it's the 50th anniversary of the rededication of the church sanctuary. So um, the church burned down in 1971. It took a little bit less than a year and a half or so to um, completely clean out, rebuild, repurpose the church, and to uh, rededicate the church. Um, so that happened in November 1972. So we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of that rededication uh, in our regular worship service again, November 12th and 13th. So please plan on, on joining for that. We're also looking for, we're, we're trying to set up some historical displays if you have information or newspaper clippings or artwork or anything from the, the time of the fire or the rededication or the old church building, anything like that. We'd appreciate uh, appreciate that stuff being brought in and we're going to try to put some displays together uh, and make that available uh, at that time. A lot going on at Emmanuel. Yeah, we're busy. Busy this busy time of year. That's good. Uh, as far as our prayer list this week, I uh, just want to keep in our prayers. We mentioned a family on Sunday that is going through an adoption process and having some uh, uh, issues and, and potential struggles coming up with that. So please just keep them in your prayers. And also just want to highlight for you, you know, we, we uh, always take prayer requests. Uh, no prayer is too, too big or too small for the Lord, we know. So if you have prayer requests, please feel free to let us know. And um, sometimes people come to us and just ask for personal prayers. Um, we're happy to do that, but uh, of course, if we can bring out bring the prayers to the uh, larger church community as well, we are happy to do that as well. So, if you have any prayer requests, always know that uh, you're you're more than welcome to to let us know about those things. Which brings us to the book of Proverbs. Uh, we've been studying Solomon's wisdom as laid out for us. We've been going book, uh, chapter by chapter, and today we're in chapter nine. Uh, Pastor Radical has a verse he'd like to highlight for us there. Yeah, this whole chapter, again, talks about the way of wisdom and how we follow that. And so we were focusing on one verse. It's a shorter chapter compared to some of the other ones. It's only 18 verses. But um, it really contrasts the way of wisdom versus the way of folly. And this verse is kind of right in the middle of verse 9. So what Solomon is saying, again, by divine inspiration of the Lord here, it says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he'll be wiser still. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. Uh, can I ask you a question on that first half, Pastor? What does it mean to, how, how can you make a wise man wiser? Well, I, I'm, I vividly remember when I was a sophomore in high school, the, the English professor, which was the very first class in the morning, so it was always the one we were running to uh, to make sure we weren't late for the beginning of the school day. Um, the very first class, the very first day of school, he made the whole classroom stand up and we all had to state together, I am ignorant. <laughs> um, and and I that just sticks out in my mind, and I hated doing that when I was a, uh, 15 year old boy or whatever I was because it was it was when you're 15 you think you know everything you know and you don't like staying that you're ignorant you want to you want to pretend like you've got life all figured out and you've got it all all ready to go but uh, it was an important lesson for all of us to learn because 
there is always more for us to learn. There's always more out there for us to grow in in our understanding and more ways for us to look, different ways for us to look at the world and different uh, aspects to study in God's word. And, and there's always more to learn. So no matter how wise you are, you can always become wiser. No matter how much knowledge you have, you can always become more knowledgeable. And here's the other thing is no matter how wise you do become, you're still ignorant. There's still things you do not know about. There's still things and opportunities that you can grow in. And that's why, you know, one of my favorite things to do is is just talk to people. You know, people have amazing and interesting things to share with you and to teach you about and to uh, uh, insights that they can help you to grow in personally. And, you know, sadly, so many people, you know, it's easy when you're talking to somebody to start zoning out or to start ignoring them or to, you know, uh, pretend like you know everything they're going to say or you've already got them all figured out. But God has blessed so many people with so many different thoughts and insights and abilities. And, you know, you'll learn things from people you might never thought you would if you just open your ears and listen to them and uh, be willing to grow wiser. And certainly it's true with God's word as well as, you know, the deeper you dive into God's word, the more how the more you realize how ignorant you are because God's word is infinitely, infinitely deep and infinitely uh, studyable. So I like, obviously, that even though you didn't like doing that, that's stayed with you that he had you do that. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. And what's, what's cool, too, is that you mentioned, you know, you think of Solomon as an example here. You maybe think of him. It's like he was the wisest man to ever live apart from Christ, and yet he needed to continue to grow in wisdom as well. And um, ultimately, that idea of having wisdom, I would like to make a quick point. I think there's men and women in our congregation, uh, older men and women, who know the Bible a lot better than I do. And I'm always encouraged that they still really want to spend time in God's Word because mm-hmm. they know they're growing in that as well. It's really neat to see that. It's so encouraging for people who think, well, they know the Bible so well. Why would they keep going in it? Because they know they're going to grow in that wisdom. How do you how do you understand the second half of that? Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. How do you understand that word just and that that context there? Well, I think you know justice is uh, knowing what is right and knowing what is wrong. And so, God God gives to each of us a conscience, and their conscience tells us what is right and what is wrong. Now, a conscience everybody has a conscience, but a conscience can be twisted, and you see this in the course of human history where people think they're doing the right thing when they're obviously doing something terribly wrong. You know, you can go back to Nazi Germany or you can go back to uh, the women, Jewish women in Holy Scripture who were sacrificing their babies to Dagon, to a false idol. You know, their conscience, you know, that's to me is like the ultimate (laughs) twisting of a conscience because their conscience knows this is my baby, this is my child, this is a gift from God, but their consciences were twisted to the point where they they were able to do this awful thing um, because they've been twisted by the false uh, idol and by the false priest at that time. And so a just man is someone who knows what's right and wrong. And so God encourages us to sharpen our conscience, to sharpen what, knowing what is right and what is wrong by continuing to stay in his word. You know, in order to know what is right, to know what is wrong, God's word tells us these things. Paul says in the New Testament, I wouldn't have even known that coveting was a sin except for God told me. Um, in, in the commandments. And so the way we can know what is right, the way we can know what is wrong is by staying in God's word. Um, and so when you come to times in life where you're, you know, you're faced with the crossroads or you have a big decision to make and you're thinking to yourself, what's right and what's wrong? If you've abided in God's word and you've continued to keep your conscience sharp in God's word, that decision's going to be much easier, much more clear for you. If you don't use God's word, if you don't come to church, if you're not doing devotions at home, you're going to come to a hard decision and you're going to have no idea what to do because you haven't been, you haven't been keeping you're, you're a conscience sharp. You're, you're not a, a just man who is still growing and learning. And so this is something that we can continue to do as well. Teach a just man. Teach someone how to uh, 
to delineate between what is right and what is wrong, you do that by continuing to abide in the word. And you can, that's something that we continue to do throughout our life as well, because the world wants to dull that, that, that blade wants to dull that, that, and that blur that distinction between right and wrong. But God's word, uh, distinguishes that for us. Well said. I think the other comment I would have with that too, is that I didn't look this word specifically, but I know sometimes just can also be used as righteous. And I think your point is that, you know, right, knowing right and wrong, that holy type of living. So if you think of this as like teach a just man, teach a believer, he wants to hear God's words. He wants to grow in that in that wisdom of the Lord. He wants to hear about his Lord and Savior. He wants to hear about his sin. He wants to hear about his salvation. So um, that increasing in knowledge of our own sin and our Savior is a, another aspect of that too. Excellent. Our hymn of the day today is hymn 422 in the red hymnal. Savior, I follow on, guided by thee. Seeing yet not, the, seeing not yet the hand that leadeth me, hushed be my heart and still. Fear I no further ill. Only to meet thy will, my will shall be. Riven the rock for me, thirst to relieve. Manna from heaven falls fresh every eve. Never a want severe causeth my eye a tear, but thou dost whisper near. Only believe. Often to Mara's brink have I been brought, shrinking the cup to drink. Help I have sought. And with the prayers ascent, Jesus, the branch hath rent, quickly relief hath sent, sweetening the draught. Savior, I long to walk closer with thee, led by thy guiding hand ever to be, constantly near thy side, quickened and purified, living for him who died, freely for me. Amen. <laughs>